in Luke chapter 18, verse 35. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They which went before rebuked him, that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glor followed him glorifying God and all the people when they saw it gave praise unto God. Now focus with me verse number 39. They which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. Watch your Bible. But he cried so much the more. My message today is simply crank up the volume. Thank you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Crank up the volume. <laughs> it wasn't the noise decibel of his vocal cords that captivated Jesus' attention. But it was the volume of his soul. Many today can make great noises, but they are as loud-sounding cymbals, making a whole lot of fuss, but empty in the heart. Today I'm not going to be a cheerleader to try to get you to make as much physical noise with your vocal cords as we can, though that might have some uh, fun aspects to it. Amen. Y'all know I get a little fired up. But more importantly than making that kind of noise is to have the kind of noise in your soul that pushes you and drives you to Jesus. I'm afraid that a lot of times the reason we do go quiet is because our souls are too quiet. A lot of times because we don't push past all the things that would hinder us from getting to Jesus, it's because there's not enough volume. Let me rephrase it. There's not enough hunger on the inside to get us to him. So when I'm talking to you about cranking up the volume, I'm, I'm asking you to do some self-evaluating. Uh, where is your hunger and thirst for righteousness today? And does it manifest in the ways that it needs to manifest to get you to Jesus? Too many people have opportunity 
to not pursue Christ with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and they fail to receive their sight. That is, they fail to receive from Christ that which only He can provide them and which they desperately need. The Bible said that He cried so much, the more what provoked Him to be so desperate for Jesus that the more they tried to shut Him up, the louder He got. First of all, I want you to notice that he had a problem. And it's spelled out in verse number 35. It came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man. The Bible tells us very clearly that this man had a problem. And his problem was that he was blind. Now, of course, in historical context, uh, he most certainly was physically blind. But he was also, no doubt, spiritually blind. And what was more important was that his soul was saved, but Jesus did both. He both gave his, him physical sight as well as uh, gave him the blessing of salvation because he put his faith in Christ. And I want you to notice that he had a problem. Now, how does this apply to us can I say this his problem is often our problem we are spiritually blind many times and need spiritual sight and I know that many of us have made a profession of faith and it's been a long time since we've been saved by the grace of God and we rejoice in the fact and we sing the song amazing grace and we say I once was lost but now I'm found, t'was blind, but now I see. And we are talking, of course, of the time in our past when we were without Christ. We were aliens from the promises of God. And before Jesus came into my life and before Jesus came into your life, no doubt we were all spiritually blinded. That is, the Bible says that if the gospel be hid, it is hid to those that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the eyes and the minds of them which will believe. The devil does, he works overtime to blind this world from seeing who Christ is and what he came to do for them. And though I could preach to the lost today, and I do preach to you today, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, you are spiritually blind. You do not know as much as you think you know. The devil has convinced you to go a different path. It may look good on the surface, but the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But many today plunge right on into hell because they're blind to their own eternal demise. But what about us who are saved? Do we not at times need uh, see men as trees walking and need the Lord to touch us again? Do we not many times, even though we're saved, we're not sanctified? Amen. Do we not many times get in a situation to where we're not living up to the potential that Christ uh, uh, meant for us to live up to? And in, in ways we walk outside of the guidance of Scripture and thusly we walk as if we're blind even though we have the giver of sight living within. We need to learn how 
to live through the lens uh, and the light of the Word of God so that we don't live like a blind man even though we can see clearly if we chose to do so. Many today are blind and that's their problem. And one, one of the things that would cause us to hunger and the thirst after Christ is to take a good dose of humility and be willing to admit how much we still need Jesus today. Amen. Oh, we need not to get pious and we need not to get holier than thou. And we need not to pretend as if we have arrived. Amen. Uh, we need him desperately and we need him right now. And the sooner we can acknowledge that, the more we will be willing uh, to go to Christ at all costs, even if we have to crank up the volume to get to Him. Amen, church? We see His problem. But see, we also see not only did He have a problem. Look at verse number 37. The Bible said they told Him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. <laughs> Not only did he have a problem, but we, he, saw, he found an opportunity. And I'm headed to my message. Be patient with me as I lay the groundwork. We, we see, secondly, his opportunity. Notice that Jesus was passing by. And many today, the reason they don't live their fullest potential in Christ is because they do not understand that Christ gives them every opportunity available to do so they are living like blind people they are blinded to the opportunities could you imagine where that blind man would have been had he not seized the opportunity you know how blind people often uh, do is they learn how to uh, uh, to guide themselves on their other senses since they don't have sight they're very keenly aware of noise they pay a close attention to their surroundings by what they hear. Can I get an amen this morning? And so they understand how that they can live and function even without sight. It's interesting to me that though he could not see God, he could hear God. And I'm glad the Bible says faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word. Because if faith came by sight, we'd be too blind to see it. And I want to tell you today that you may not be able to see God clearly in your life right now. But rest assured, honey, you can hear the voice of God as He begins to speak to you. He comes to you with His Word so that He might bring you out of darkness into light. And hear this blind man learning how to survive by his hearing... Uh, Thank God he heard the word of God. Amen. Uh, somebody told him about this man named Jesus. Uh, and he was already a believer in Jesus because he recognized him as the son of David. He'd been studying this man. I, I mean, if you were blind and you heard about somebody that could open the eyes of the blind, would you not be interested in learning more about him? Amen. Uh, but how is it that so many, many today are spiritually blind, and yet they're also unwilling to learn more about the only one that can give them sight and give them hope and give them eternal life? 
How come is it today that so many ignore the voice of God in their life when God is trying to speak to you? God will graciously send Jesus by your way. And hey, listen to me. He'll often send Jesus through a, through a friend or, or through a pastor or through a, through a relative that speaks his name and, and guides you to the Scripture. And if you're not careful, you'll miss the opportunity to receive sight from him. Many today who are saved but they're backslidden. The reason they're backslidden is because they ignore every voice that God put in their life to give them spiritual guidance. And you cannot live a spiritually significant life uh, in fullness of life and hope, amen, ignoring the spiritual insight that God puts in your life through the people he puts in your life. Simply put, God puts others in your life that are closer to Him that might get you closer to Him. And as long as you keep writing them off and ignoring them and pretend, finding all their faults so that you can excuse yourself as to why you're not going to listen to them, you're going to continue to live in spiritual darkness. What will you do with your opportunity even now as the Holy Spirit of God is dialing your number and calling Calling you to repentance. Will you seize the moment and hear the voice of God and seize your opportunity and begin to cry out to God for help and mercy and grace? Amen. We need the Lord today. And I want to tell you that your assignment is uh, to crank up the volume. If anything, uh, you should push harder to get to Jesus now in your life than ever before. When the enemy is enticing you to walk away from Christ, when the enemy is enticing you to live for yourself, when the enemy is enticing you uh, to put church off and church life off for another season in your life, God is calling you closer Jesus is passing by your way and right now in this moment in your life you have an opportunity to either go further away from the voice of God or to draw closer to him and you can allow your obstacles and your personal concerns to miss the opportunity that you have to serve God effectively. God wants to know where your hunger is. God wants to know where your drive is where is your passion for Jesus how can we settle for so much less than what God ever intended for us we see his problem he was blind we see his opportunity Jesus passed by and this morning Jesus is passing your way but thirdly and I want to focus lastly on this I see his recourse his recourse notice uh, in verse 38 it said and he cried saying Jesus Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And I want to say it this way this morning. Our only recourse for blindness, whether we're saved or lost, is Jesus Christ. Amen. He is my recourse. Amen. He, he, I remember, you remember when the disciples, amen, were with Jesus. I believe it was John chapter 6, verse 66 Many disciples walked away and never returned. And then Jesus turned around and looked at his twelve that he had chosen by hand and by name and said, Will ye also go away? And I believe it was Peter that said, Lord, to whom shall we go? 
Thou hast the words of life. And Peter was basically and essentially recognizing that Jesus was their only hope and Jesus was their only option. There was no other alternative. There was no other way to live life than to live it for Jesus Christ because all else fails and all else crumbles. Amen? And he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? For thou hast the words of life. And so this blind man had the same recourse. I want you to notice, I'm talking about cranking up the volume. First, I want you to notice that he was louder than his past. Have you ever been there where you thought maybe, yeah, that preacher's right, I need more of Jesus. But if they knew where I'd been, if they'd known what I had done, if they understood how dark and how blind I really am, then they would surely not offer hope to me. But that's just it, my friend. Jesus came to offer hope to the hopeless. Jesus came to offer sight to those who sat in great darkness. You are the very one that he is coming after. But some people's past is louder than their desperate cry for Jesus. You've got to cry out to Jesus at a noise decibel that's louder than the voices of your past that try to talk you out of coming to Jesus. If you consult your past, you'll never come to Jesus. If this blind man consulted his past, he would have convinced himself, I've been blind this long and it's too late to change now. But thank God he didn't base his decision on what happened yesterday. Amen. He said, if this man can give me sight, I'm going after him. He can change my life and he can do it now and he can change it forever. I'm telling you, you quit, need to quit consulting your past. And some of you that are saved, you're ashamed and you're embarrassed because you made some poor decisions. Even after you were saved and you let somebody in the church condemn you or you condemned yourself or the devil condemned you into thinking that you're useless to God, that there's no reason for you to ever entertain the idea of serving God in church again. But I want to tell you that Jesus Christ has come to call you out of your blindness. Amen. To open your eyes to the reality that Jesus can, uh, he can, he can reclaim you. You can be forgiven. You can be cleansed. And he can put new purpose in you. Amen. And his gifts and callings are without repentance. That means God doesn't change his mind. He wants to use you. And I'm glad uh, that your voice can get louder than your past. Amen. Not only that, but he was louder than his pride. You know what pride will do. Pride will give you all the reasons why you shouldn't go forward. Pride will give you all the reasons why you shouldn't be the one to sell out to Jesus. What will they think of me? Can I be blunt? Since when did they ever care about you to start with? Why are you so concerned about what they think if they don't care for you anyway? Isn't it funny how we worry about what people think of us and the people that we're worried about thinking about us never thought about us to start with? Because they're too busy thinking about their self. I mean, this is the human condition. But the devil give you a false illusion that some, somebody that's important is going to think less of you or criticize you and it's all an illusion it's just a bubble it's a 
figment of your imagination. It's a stronghold in your mind that the devil has put there, created a reality in the figment of your imagination that doesn't even exist to try to keep you from getting to Jesus. And your pride alone is the only thing standing between you and God sometimes. What we need to do is we need to get so desperate that our voice, our cry for Jesus is louder than our own personal pride. What if he had cared about, you know, I, I got to thinking about the what ifs of life. I, I was trying to put myself in the shoes of this blind man, and, and uh, I'm sure that I couldn't do it justice, but I, was, I, I would imagine that he probably had all kinds of thoughts running through his head. You know, what if I cry out to this man and I just, and, and what if it's all, what, what if nothing happens and I just make a fool of myself? Have you ever had those kinds of thoughts? What if I go forward? Some people think, well, I've tried that religion and it didn't work. If I go forward this time, what makes it any different than the last? And, and they're worried about their reputation. Can I be honest with you? When you're like Peter, who said, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of life. You're, you're, you've already come to the end of yourself. You realize that Jesus is the only option for you. That there is, it, it, it's all downhill without Jesus. In other words, it can't hurt. <laughs> you know, you're certainly not going to worsen yourself. Amen. And this guy right here, he was a blind man, and he could have thought to himself, what if I make all this fuss, and all these people around me watch what I'm doing, and what if tomorrow they don't even bother to put an offering in my plate because they realize how nutty I am. You see how the devil will get in your mind and he'll get to th you to thinking all kinds of things. They say, not only is he blind, he's crazy. And, and the devil will get you to thinking, you go up in front of that church, you'll make a fool of yourself. You go up there and say you got saved, what's going to happen when, when it don't stick? And the devil will talk you out going for Jesus. Amen. My father-in-law, Brother Randall Boatner, got saved and he had friends and family. Even, he even has friends to this day that don't believe this is going to stick. How long has Brother Randall been saved? Since 1990-something. Many, many years. <laughs> People still talking, well, we're just waiting on Randall to turn bad again. And the devil get lost. People worried about, well, what if I can't? I remember the day I got saved. I was worried. Well, Lord, I want to, I want to, I want to quit, but I don't know if I can. And the devil will try to get you to deny Jesus based on the reality of the fact that you can't personally quit sinning. And the truth is, you can't do it on your own. That's no reason not to come to Jesus. Are you willing to let Jesus empower you to live an overcomer's life? Then you're a prime candidate for salvation. You come to Him, just turn your heart to Him. Amen. You can't perform surgery on your own heart. You go to a heart surgeon for that. Amen. And you trust your life in the hands of the surgeon. That's what salvation is. And that's what sanctification is when you're saved but you're messed up. You put yourselves in the hands of the surgeon, the healer, who cuts not to kill but to heal. And you trust him to make your heart better. You trust him to give you a new nature. You trust Him to give you 
uh, the power to live out the divine nature living within once you've given your life to Christ. But many of us allow our pride to talk us right out of do, getting from Jesus what he so willfully and gladly is able to give us. So he was louder than his pride. And I want to say lastly, he was louder than his peers. Let me say this, your friends are often more likely to lead you from Jesus than they are to Jesus. So you don't need to listen to them. He was louder than all the voices in his life. I could see him saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And somebody over here says, shut up, boy. You're getting on our nerves. Uh, all we've heard from you all, ever since we mentioned Jesus to is you won't shut up. You're getting on our nerves. And the more they fussed at him, the louder he got. Because he got past the point of con being concerned about his peers and about the people around him. Friends or foes makes no difference. See, you got to want Jesus so bad you don't care what other people think or say or do. you got to want Jesus so bad that he is all you want, that he is all you need. Amen. we got to get past ourselves, past our personal reputation. I mean, even Jesus set the example for us, did he not? The Bible said he made himself of no reputation. Footnote, reputation is what other people think of you. Testimony is what God knows about you. What you need to focus on is having a good testimony before God, not necessarily a good reputation before men. Because some men will lead you wrong. And they will tell you this is the way to go. And it may lead you in exactly the opposite direction from where God is leading you. All that to say this. When we are needing the light of God's word to illuminate our darkness and make the path clear for us. Whether you're lost and you need Jesus or whether you're saved and you need clarity in your life and you need power to overcome. You need to have a hunger for God. A voice for God that cries out to Jesus that drowns out all the other opposing voices in your life. Simply put, listen to God alone. He's the only one that will lead you right every single time. As much as I would not want to lead you astray, Gary Caudle can lead you astray. But I can take you to one who will never lead you wrong. Amen. I introduce to you Jesus Christ. The one that can break through the darkness in your life. And this time of year, it's not uncommon for people even who are saved to go through depression. A season of darkness. That's a blindness of its own. It puts you in utter darkness keeps you disconnected and unconcerned about others and even unconcerned about yourself. But Jesus Christ is passing by. And no matter where you are, no matter what kind of darkness you find yourself in today, if you'll cry out to him, and I'm talking about you cry out to him from the depths of your soul. You give him your heart. 
Amen. You got to get louder than all the voices that have held you back. This morning, I want to tell you, crank up the volume when you cry out to Jesus. Because heaven is just a heart cry away. And if you'll crank up the volume, heaven's listening just for you.